0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Fantastic. Did you come expecting today? Did you come ready? Are you believing for God to do something in your life? I think one of the greatest tragedies in life is just doing religion. It's just fulfilling religious activity and going, I go to church or I read the Bible well, we need to do it on purpose, and we need to do it with intent. We need to come going, God, you are God. God, you are good. God, you can do anything. You're the miracle-working God. You're the one that speaks when there is nothing and creates all that we enjoy. To God, I've come expecting today. Yeah. So if you have a need in your world, if you if there's something, if there's deficit, if there's brokenness, if there's lack of peace, if there's guilt, if there's do some business with God today. And if you're not listening to what I'm going to say, it'll be up on video. So that's fine. Just in your head, just go and do some business with God today, and say, God, I'm all yours. I'm making room. Yeah. Yeah. Your way is better. Yeah. God, I'm creating some space. And all through all through the Psalms, it's, you read the Psalm, you read the Psalm, you read the Psalm. up. Yeah. take a minute and reflect on this. Yeah. Take a minute and pause. Let's 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 perceive what's being said and shared. And God wants to do a work in our lives today. And the title of my message is. The unusual journey of life in Christ. The unusual journey of life in Christ. And if you've been a Christian for any length of time, this is an unusual life. This is a strange life. This is a countercultural life. I'll get there. I will I'll get there. I know you get what are you talking about, Christian? This is it's an unusual life that we're called to live. We're described in the Bible as aliens. That we're in the world but not of it. we're new creations in christ but we'll get there and so at the end of today's message i want to pray for unusual miracles in your lives because an unusual miracle is a god working
1: yeah
0: it's something he does that we can't comprehend his ways are above our ways his thoughts are above our thoughts yeah. That we, we don't always have to understand what's going on, but by faith we can step into what God wants to do in our lives. Yeah. And I wonder how often we limit God's moving in our life because we're, we, we bring God down to our cognitive ability to understand yeah. the season or time or what I'm walking through, the circumstance that I'm facing. Where he says, just forget that and start looking to me. Yeah. Forget what's going on, just get thankful. In everything that you walk through, but I, I lost my job. But the bank said this. But the doctor said that. Let just get thankful and watch what God can do. Yeah, Create some space for God by having a thankful, grateful heart. Amen. Yeah. Who was here last week? Yeah. Steve Morrison was here. I heard he just absolutely tore it up. He, he preached a message: "Give God your yes." Yeah. Was anybody here last week yeah. that message? If you weren't and you want to see it, it is up on Facebook and YouTube. Phenomenal message, and I think he just resonated really well with church. So we've actually invited him back for two Sundays in a row in January, uh, which he's going to come in. He's going to come and minister for two Sundays straight. He's going to meet with a team. He's, he's a, he's a counsellor and a and he's just a good thought provoker. Yeah. Uh, I sat with him for two hours this week, and he just said, "What have you thought about this?" Have you thought about this? Yeah. What about... This? And he just led my thoughts in this... Of, oh, yeah, actually, so I got some answers in different areas this week. We're going to do that. It was fantastic. But last weekend, I was in Lighthouse Church in Brisbane, in Bridgman Downs. It was awesome. Thank you for releasing me to minister there. There were six first-time salvations, which was fantastic. Had a great uh, ministry time. And I stayed on for their night service. all Also, we did two in the morning, then one at night. And they had a gentleman there, Steve Weatherford, who was a 10-time... He played the NFL for 10 years. He was a Super Bowl winner. He had everything. The world said he was... He was voted the fittest man in the NFL. So if you look him up on Sports Illustrated and different things, he is just a rock, a little bit like myself. (laughs) Not quite like me. But um, he was this massive unit. He had millions. He had everything going for him. And he said it was the lowest point of my life the night I won the Super Bowl. And he said I realised the world can't give me anything that brings peace or joy. Yeah. He was addicted to every drug, pornography, everything his marriage was diving, there was nothing good in his world, and he met Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and so for the last six years he's been clean, he's been sober, his marriage has never been stronger, and he just travels around. He's he's massive, he's like Eddie. And and he's scared of bed, no, I'm just kidding. And, and then he just walks around with a shirt that says Jesus is king. And because he's so big, his biceps are like, you know. Just massive. It's just a, it starts conversations, and everywhere he goes, he's just talking about the only good thing in life, the only place you find peace, the only place you find is in Jesus. So I've, we've struck up a friendship. He's going to come next year and preach for us as well, which is going to be fun. All right, you ready for the word? Good. You're getting it anyway. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that Jesus always taught via parables? Yeah. And it was, sometimes you go, Jesus, just say it straight, man. Just just tell me. But he wanted us to seek out what he was actually saying. And, and all through the Gospels, he made statements that actually had to be explored. That it wasn't just that do this. It was, I want you to seek. I want you to search for the truth of what I'm trying to reveal to you because it's precious. And it holds great worth. And, and I was just thinking this week about being a Christian, living for Jesus. And I just thought, like, kingdom living because we're a part of a kingdom that's not of this world, it's like living out the, the greatest yet most confusing treasure hunt ever. That's like, God, what do you got for me? Well, I'll show you, but you have to come over here and then you have to go over there and you have to seek it out. I'm like, that's cool, but there's, if I can say anything this morning, there is so much for you in God, yeah. but you've got to go after it. Yeah. You've got to search it out. You've got, to, you've got to dig deep. You've got to press in. It's, it's not going to be superficial. It's as we go deep. I love what Jesus even through says, launch out into the deep. Life isn't done in the shallows, it's done in deep waters. It's done where there's life and there's flow. And in Matthew 13, starting in verse 31, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. What? <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds come and make Nests in its branches. Jesus also used this illustration: the kingdom of heaven is like the yeast that a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. And Jesus always used stories and illustrations like this when he was speaking to crowds. And he actually, he never spoke without parables. But this fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet: "says I will speak to you in parables. I will explain hidden things." Uh, things hidden since the creation of the world, God wants to reveal things to you. Yeah. God wants you to m- know more of his nature and his character. But he wants you to go after them. He wants you to seek them out, search them out. And, you know, in Matthew 10, 39, it says, if you cling to life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find it. Uh, and true life is found in surrendering, in my belief, to a better life.
1: Yeah.
0: When I actually, I will, I will lay down my life. I will, I will surrender. I will, but I, re- I wonder how often we actually do surrender. Actually, how often we do lose our lives. Because I can go through life and I can get up in the morning and I know what I want to do. I know how I want to do it. I know what I need to achieve. I know what I want to see. How, God says, I, there may be a better way to get you to what you're dreaming for. Will you surrender to my will today? Will you create space for me? Will you do life with a thankful heart? Because I don't know about you, but you ever felt like you were going off track, but you actually arrived where you wanted to get to a lot quicker because God got you there? Mm. Uh, You know, all all throughout our life, we've done things ourselves and they've turned out good, but they could have turned out better Mm. because God's ways are better. And, you know, the purpose of our lives is hidden in Christ and he wants us to seek it out and enjoy it. Can I just give you some unusual facts this morning before we kind of really get into this? Yeah. These are useless. These are, You don't even need them. They're unusual, but I'm going to give them to you anyway. You're born with 300 bones. Right now, Mavericks, you've got 300 bones, but by the time you're an adult, you'll only have 206. Useless. Unusual. <laughs> it's impossible to sneeze with your eyes
1: open.
0: Try <laughs> Look at the light. Um, a polar bear can smell seals 20 miles away unusual, useless. A recent study at Harvard has shown that eating chocolate can help you live longer.
1: At
0: least it's eternal. She's, just, she's never going to die. <laughs> she's putting years onto her life. While you're awake, your brain generates between 10 and 23 watts of power, which is enough to power a life bulb. That's pretty good. Cool. Oh, this is gross. But anyway, humans shed 40 pounds of skin in their lifetime, completely replacing their outer skin every month. I think that's gross and unusual. That's why you need to change your sheets regularly. (laughs) Simply, you guy. change it regularly. And uh, yeah, I just want to look at a few things this morning that I'm sure most would think about but rarely acknowledge about Christianity. It is unusual. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's unusual. If anybody's in Christ, they're a new creation. I still feel the same as I did when I walked in. When I walked in, I don't know if you can remember the day you got saved, but I can remember walking in and then encountering Christ and then being told I'm a new creation, but I still felt the same. But the Bible tells me that everything is different and all has become new. So at some point I have to acknowledge... Do you ever do self-talk? Because God talks about you. And sometimes I think we negate what God says about us because we have an alternative view. Mm. And I I talk different than what God talks about. But sometimes I just need to agree with what God says about my life. Mm. That I am blessed and favoured. That He does go before me. That no weapon formed against... Sometimes I just have to agree with what God says. John 3, studying in white, says there was a man... Of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher, come from God, for no one can do these signs you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot come into the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I have said to you, you must be born again. That's unusual. Nicodemus was the leading teacher, theologian, and leader of the time. And he said, I'm not understanding, Jesus, what you're trying to say. Can a man be born a second time? He was confused by this this unusual information. And Christian living isn't easy. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to help us here today. That flow with the unusual nature of life in Christ. Mm-hmm. Flow with the unusual requests that God has because His ways are better, His ways are higher. Yeah. And honestly, living as a Christian, is counter-cultural. It flips on its head on upside down most of what we've ever been taught or had modeled to us. Because yeah. most of us do what we do because we were taught to do it. Mm-hmm. And we got rewarded for doing it a certain way if we did it the way we were shown. And if I, if I do, you know, there's, there's now our kids are coming home and saying, I got half a point because I did the equation right, but I got the wrong answer. But in the, in the past, I, we just, you were right or wrong. You got it. But now we're shown a different way to do something at school. And that's how, that's what I'm marked on. And you know, the world says get, but God says give yeah. the world says it feels good. Do it. God says live by principles and with integrity. The world says how I feel is most important, but God says how you make others feel is far more important. Yeah. The Bible says, love those that hate you, do good to those that hurt you. Yeah. What? Yeah. I want to hate them back. Yeah. I want to get my slingshot out. I want to slash their ties. I want to, they, they, they hate me. They're hurting me. No, no, don't do that. Yeah. Love those that hurt you. Yeah. Wow. Jesus style. Yeah. Do life my way, yeah. which is the better way which will get you, what does it say? Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Live surrendered. Let your life be laid down so that he can lift it up. What does it say? Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. Mm -hmm. And so often we're trying to exalt ourselves Mm -hmm. and we're trying to achieve and we're trying to succeed and we're trying to be. But he says, if you will just humble yourself and live according to my standards and my ways, I will elevate your life. I will enlarge your life. And what does the Bible say? The way of the righteous winds upwards. To navigate this journey, we we actually just need to be able to reconcile ourselves with the fact that the kingdom we're a part of is unusual. It it really is. All those things that, you know, love those that hate you. And I, I would say this this way. Not only is the kingdom unusual, and stay with me when I say this, the God we serve is unusual. You're like, That's sacrilegious. You can't say that. But I believe this. God is unusual, and he does unusual things in unusual ways through unusual means. Mm-hmm. I'll say that again. God is unusual, and he does unusual things in unusual ways through unusual means. Because yeah. let me say this. The definition of something being unusual is simply different from the usual or the accepted norm. Not not usual, common or ordinary, uncommon in amount or degree, exceptional and unusual, an unusual hobby, unusual response. So let me show you. When God wanted to get someone's attention in the Bible, Balaam, he used a donkey to speak. That's unusual. (laughs) In Numbers 22, it says this, Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, I think it's unusual that a donkey spoke. I think it's unusual that Balaam responded yeah. to the donkey.
1: <laughs>
0: because you have abused me. Uh, I wish there was a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said no. So an angel comes and stands before the donkey that blocks its path. The donkey stops. Balaam keeps whipping the donkey because he can't see the angel. And then the donkey speaks to get his attention. God will do unusual things to get our attention. And sometimes we just have to acknowledge God and how he does what he does for him to speak to us. Uh, You know, to deliver his people from uh, Egyptian slavery, he split the sea. Why why didn't he just let them walk on the water? Why didn't he just strike the Egyptians with light? He split the Red Sea so that the Israelites could enter through and, and walk through to safety and freedom on dry ground. To heal a deaf man, he put his fingers in his ears. You know, we've got common natural sciences and and medical procedures. Jesus just went and stick his finger in his ear. you can hear you're right. To heal a blind man, he spat in the dirt, made some mud, put it on his eyes and told him to go wash in the river. That's unusual. But God will do unusual things in our lives. During a funeral procession, he stopped a a coffin and told a young man to sit up. So why didn't you before? He goes, no, no, my way's better. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to reveal something to you. So so often we don't want to walk through pain or we don't want to walk through discomfort or we don't want to experience what I'm experiencing. But if I can do it with a grateful heart, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, if I can say, despite my circumstance, but despite the unusual nature of what I'm walking through right now, God, I'm going to stay thankful. God, I'm going to be up. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to stay in faith and believe that you are still in control. Can I encourage you here today? God is still in control. He hasn't left you nor forsaken you. He didn't get you to where you are today to leave you broken and hurt. He is going to raise you up. So just keep walking. Just keep putting one step forward. God is with you. You know, at the end of a wedding, he turned water into wine. 180 gallons of the best wine they've ever tasted. God waited till three Hebrew boys were thrown into the fire to walk in there with him. Sometimes we feel like we're burning. Sometimes we feel like it's futile. Sometimes we feel like we're at our end. And Jesus is right there in the middle going, if I'm here with you, nothing's matter. There is no problem. There is no concern. There is no issue. You won't even come out of this smelling like smoke. You won't have one singed hair. I am with you to the bitter end. If you stay with me, if you keep looking to me, watch what I will do. I will bring you through this circumstance. You know, God used a fish to get a man to his destiny. He said to Jonah, go to Nineveh. Preach my, preach my word, they're going to repent. And he goes, I don't want them to repent, I want them to, to die, I want them to go to hell. So he went and he paid a price to, to go on the seas in a different direction to where God was calling him. And so God says, all right, we'll just throw him overboard, I'll send a whale, that whale is going to take him three days and then spit him out. Where did he spit him out? Nineveh. That's unusual. He went in the other direction, he paid a price. He, so often what we don't understand or comprehend, we run from. But God may just be doing a a work in your life to get you exactly to where you need to be faster and with less effort and less concern on your behalf. Why can't we just surrender and say, God, your way is better. Amen. God sent his son to die an excruciating death to redeem humanity. Jesus walked on the water just because it looked like fun. He made giraffes because he wanted to. Octopus that a changed colour to camouflage in any environment. Why? Because he can.
1: Because
0: yeah. he does unusual things in unusual ways. He uses unusual means in our lives. And I think because of the way we've been trained, the way we've been programmed, sometimes we can't sit, Psalm 46, be still and know that I'm God. But I could do something. Surely I could do something in this circumstance. No, just be still. I am orchestrating... On your behalf, the breakthrough, the miracle, the the turnaround. That if you would just sit still. I remember the story. um, Pete Walsh once uh, preached, uh, told us while he was preaching, and he said, "I always relied on the Holy Spirit in my policing." And I was like, "What? You you got a gun? You got a badge? You got a script? You say what you do?" he goes, no, whenever I go into a situation, he said, I remember my partner was at the front door of the house. There was a bad guy in the house. I was going to run down the side uh, to, to go around the bank and flank the prisoner. And the Holy Spirit said, stop, wait. And so he waited and he waited. He said he waited about 20 seconds. He said, go. And re- there had been a man standing at the side window with a shotgun that would have shot Pete. But in that 20 seconds, his partner had gone into the house and apprehended the guy so that he could then go around to the back of the house. But it was a God prompt. It was a a pausing Mm -hmm. because I I know that voice. I sense that presence. Okay, God, I will. Sometimes I think we just need to say yes, Mm Lord. Like Steve preached, like, give God your yes. I don't understand, but yes. I'm not comfortable with this, but yes. I've laid down my life, I'm not picking it up again. Yes, God, your way is better. Amen? Let's not be so religious that we lose touch with reality. Mm -hmm. There's a saying that you can be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. And I think we come into Christianity, we come into this unusual lifestyle, and we're broken. And we're messy. And we've got skeletons in the closets. And we've got issues. We still all do. (laughs) And God says, it's all right, just walk with me. And we're going to clean up some stuff as we journey this life out. But I think some of them go, oh, now I'm religious. Mm-hmm. Now I've been made clean. Now I've been washed clean by the blood. I'm a new creation in Christ. I know some scriptures. Mm-hmm. I could tell you someone. I could tell you Proverbs 11. I could tell look at me. And we lose touch with reality of no, we're exactly the same as everybody else. Yeah. And God wants to use you in unusual ways to impact other people's lives. Yeah. But sometimes I get so religious that I go, I couldn't do that. Well, Jesus hung with tax collectors. Jesus spoke to prostitutes. Mm -hmm. Jesus went and and hung out in places where the religious folks scoffed and scorned at them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we will never impact anybody for Christ. We will never make a difference in anybody else's life if we allow ourselves to get so hoity-toity, uptight, stiff as religious robots. Let's do life unusually. Amen? Why am I telling you this? God wants you to do life outside the box. Yeah. You weren't created to be usual, same, same, cookie cutter. Locked into a nine to five, stretching yourself to pay a mortgage that's killing you, yeah. just to blend into societal norms. That's You were not put on this planet just to exist, yeah. just to be normal, just yeah. to fit in. If we fit in, we're doing the wrong thing. Because yeah. yeah. the world should look at us and say, you are different to everything I've ever been taught or known. The way you respond, the way you live generous, the way you're big hearted, the way you think of others before yourself, the way you give before you take, you are different, you are unusual. That's how we live outside of the box is to smash that box down and say, God, what do you have for me to do on this great adventure that I've been blessed with? God, what do you have for me to do when others are talking negative? Let's go positive. When others are pulling down, let's build up, let's encourage, let's esteem, let's inspire, let's do life differently. You you are an original, a unique, you're spirited, you're inspired, you're outstanding, and God calls you unusual. In one Peter two nine, it says, this, "You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people." My mum used to call me special.
1: I didn't know what she meant. I'm
0: not sure I still do, but that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light, who were once not a people but are now a people of God, who had not obtained mercy but have now obtained mercy. The King James version says it like this. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. (laughs) I like that. That you you should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. I like that. That's unusual. You don't have to fit in and please everyone. All you have to do is be the best you you can be because you're a new creation. You're not the norm. You're not consumed by the things of the world anymore. You're captivated by the things of heaven. And I love what Oscar Wilde once said. He said, be yourself, everybody else is taken. Wow. I, I, I believe we're living, whatever this looks like, whatever this, you know, I'm not an end times guy, but I believe we're living in, in limited days. Yeah. There's things that are shaping up all around the world that are fulfilling biblical prophecies that are that the world is spinning, it feels at a greater rate than ever before. And I think we should be more heavenly minded at this time yep. than, than worried about earthly Circumstance and, yeah. and what's going on around us. Yeah. And, and I want to encourage you, be yourself. Yeah. Be unusual. Be a blessing. Be extravagant. Live a big life that flows out into everybody that you meet. Mm-hmm. Second thing, God wants to use your life in unusual ways. Mm-hmm. Who, me? Yes, you. Yeah. God wants to use you. He didn't choose some and not others. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. God wants to use you. To be a blessing wherever you're found. In your business, in your home, in your community, wherever in the surf, wherever you go. God wants to use you to touch lives. Uh, he used a shepherd boy who liked playing a harp to slay a ten-foot giant. Yeah. Yeah. He, he used a scared and insecure man, Gideon, to bring down armies. Yeah. He used a man who started to free the Israelites, Moses. He used fishermen, tax collectors, doctors and tent makers to start the church. Yeah. Why not just hold Bible college for three or four years and say, All right, you're ready. You're ready. Can I tell you why? God doesn't choose to qualify. Yeah. He qualifies us as we step out in Him. God can use you. Yeah. I love this. And Moses told the people of Israel, The Lord has specifically chosen Bazal, son of Uriah, grandson of Hur, Of the tribe, the Lord has fulfilled Bazaar with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He's a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He's skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones. But but what I love about this is he's a guy that's skilled and he's talented and he's got gifts, but it says the Lord filled him with all of these things. If we have lack in our life into what God is calling us, God will give us what we need. So, so often we don't step out because we think, I don't have what I need to do that. Mm-hmm. Moses says, I can't speak, I stutter, don't send me. There has to be somebody else more qualified. He says, no, 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 I will use you. I want to use you because it's, God, what does it say? That God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Mm-hmm. God wants to show off to the world through us in unusual ways and unusual means. Um in John 16, in the world you will have troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. God can give you unusual skills that transform the world. Do you know that? Don't disqualify yourself. Yeah. Let the Spirit of God, what does it say? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It says in, in um, Ephesians 1, the same Spirit that, that God used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead is at work in your life. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in your life and wants to work through your life. Don't limit yourself to your own ability. Let God get a hold of your life and believe for unusual miracles. Amen? Amen. I love in Daniel, it says, Daniel 1.17, God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the, mis- the meanings of visions and dreams. I love it because it says that Daniel laid down his life. Daniel surrendered his life to Jesus. And it says he was found to be 10 times better, 10 times more creative, 10 times more innovative than anybody else that got the same teaching. God, When you let God get a hold of your life, God can use you at a multiplied rate. Yeah. Yeah. He can do things in your life that you've never even dreamt from. He can give you those God thoughts, those God ideas, those, those God initiatives that unlock something. You think, I've got to do this in business. God says, if you do this, it will be far better for you. I've got to do this in ministry. I've got to do this to help my neighbour. i got to... Let God speak to you and use you. Live an unusual life. I might get CJ to come if she could. I want to encourage us here this morning, church. God wants to use you. God wants to bless you. God wants to impact other people's lives. And the greatest mission in our life should be to see the souls of others' One to live a life of example, to live a life of testimony that shows of God's goodness. I don't even have to say anything to anybody else because they look at my life and go, God is good. I can see what He's done in you. I can see that you allow Him to flow through you. I can see that you laid your life down and you're willing to spend it for others. Life is short. I think we should be having eyes that see the lost, the hurting, the broken, the ones that we can reach out and bless little gestures, the little smiles, the little words of encouragement, the little acts of generosity that unlock people. Everybody's got a key. I was taught this very early in my you know, walking with Christ that everybody's got a key that unlocks the hardest person, the most objective person, the person that's more most you know, opposing to, to what you believe and who you are. They've got a, they've got a key. Find that key and unlock them a word it's an action it's a thought it's a statement it's intent pray for people and i I just believe this that in life you get what you go for what you focus on and we will always travel in the direction that we're facing so so what direction are you facing because it says looking under jesus the author and perfecter of our faith i want to spend the rest of my life well i want to spend it for others i want to spend it giving glory to god I don't want to be somebody that takes and consumes and stockpiles and hoards. I want to go, you know what, God, I've been, I've been blessed. I'm going to be a blessing. Yeah. That, and that's in my time, in my emotions, in, in affection, and in, 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 in encouragement. I'm going to give of myself. Can I encourage you to let's be a church that consumes and just takes and bless me, bless me. But what I love this morning, you no, know, she gets up and says, let's bless God. Yeah. It's like, flip that what, what a radical thought. Our lives can bless God. I think if you just spent each of your days from here until it's just going, I want to bless God today. It would modify your life. It would modify your speech. It would modify your actions. It would modify how your time is spent, what you do, going, I just want to bless God. I just want to give back to God for all that he's given me. And the Bible says that he chose us while we were still sinners, while we were afar off. So when he went to the cross, he wasn't going to the cross for people. that go. going, thank you, Jesus. He was going to the cross for people saying, crucify him, scourge him, rip his beard out, rip his hair out. He deserves to die. He's a sinner. He's filthy. And he became all those things. But it was our sin and our filth and our degradation and our wrong living that put him there. So one of the greatest things I could do is go, God, the rest of my life, I'm going to bless you. Amen. Amen. There's a statement that says the direction of your life is far more important than your current position. So you might be somewhere right now where you feel stuck, or you feel limited, or you feel, I I can't get where, just just make sure the direction of your life is is, is in the right place. That you are looking to Jesus, that you are lifting your eyes above your circumstance. Lift your eyes to the hills to where your help help comes from the Lord. So no matter, even if you don't have forward movement in life, make sure your orientation is to Jesus. Yes. Don't silence those voices, that white noise, those, those things that are happening around you. Say, God, despite I believe. I know it's unusual. I know you do unusual things, but God, I want to I position myself here on a, a firm foundation in faith, knowing that you can take me to where you want me to be. God doesn't want us striving or even surviving. He wants us to thrive in life. You can, you can when you allow his hand to rest upon your life. Amen. Can we just stand to our feet? I want to, I literally want to pray as crazy as this sounds. I want to pray for unusual miracles to take place in your life. For you to see things you've never seen before. For God to do things that you've never experienced before because you step out in faith. The way of the righteous winds up. Don't let your life get smaller and minimised and be limited by by lies or opinions or societal norms, dream again believe again, that's why we come to this place, that's why we come and stand in the presence of God and we worship and we give and we do it, to come alive in Christ and it's time for the church to rise again to be filled afresh to go again, to step out and be salt and light in our community to be a bright shining light up on a hill because every single one of you standing here today you've got people in your life that are broken that are hurting whose marriage is on the rocks like Mushi said that he's a drug addicted or addicted to other things that need answers and answers aren't is not answers is an encounter with a good and loving God that can transform their life in a moment why don't we just say you know what God I'm going to be that unusual Implement weapon of choice that you have. I'll be that worshipper that fights a, a giant. I'll walk through that that sea on dry ground. God, I will step out. I'll do. I, I just, I just feel like challenging us, church. Let's live bigger than we've ever lived before. Let's dream bigger than we've ever lived before. Let's just believe that God is able. Let's believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. Don't live small. Don't live limited. Live on fire. Live on purpose, filled with the Spirit of God. Would you just lift your hands this morning? Father, we love you. Thank you that we can come into your house. Thank you that your word is true. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God, your word remains. And I thank you, Father, for these men and women of faith that stand before me today. I pray, Lord God, for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit. God, take a hold of every life. Father, apprehend every single life in these buildings those that couldn't be here today. Take a hold of their life. Lead them and guide them. Empower them by your spirit, Lord God. I thank you for the greatest days of fruitfulness laying ahead. I thank you for salvations. I thank you for miracles. I thank you for breakthrough. I thank you for peace. And I thank you, Lord God, that you move amongst us. God, let the anointing of heaven rest on every single person's life here today